Good morning, good afternoon, good night, whatever time you find yourself listening to the Combo with a Servant podcast, good afternoon. <laughs> Welcome and thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Convo with a Servant podcast. I'm your host, uh, Servant. And once again, man, this uh, this Convo with a Servant podcast, uh, you know, usually, like I said, we'll have a guest. Uh, and today we have a special guest, uh, Joseph, uh, and, and he's going to be telling us about himself and just his walk. And man, we're just going to learn and just and just and just see what, what we can uh, this where this conversation goes uh, with Joseph here. Uh, you know, I, I've known Joseph for for a long time. Uh, we go way back uh, to to uh, middle school, maybe elementary school. Uh, we grew up in the same uh, church as as as, a, as as children. And uh, yeah, man, that's that's that, that's a that's a uh, let's get into it. I don't want to take too much time up in the intro, but uh, Joseph, why don't you introduce yourself, man? Say hello to the people. What's going on? What's going on? I am Joseph Milton the Third, or Joe, JoJo, Joe Millions. It depends how you really know me. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm 27. I'll be 28 in a couple weeks. I'm um. I went to college, Virginia State University, graduated from there. Um, you know, I'm just, you know, on my, I, I think it's kind of like perfect timing that I'm on this podcast because I've been just like on my own path, you know, the last couple of years. Um, I mean, we're getting all that, but yeah, uh, I'm here to support. Like I said, I've known serving here for, you know, one of my longest friend, longest you know, friends I've had, period. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's pretty much all you need to know about me. Like I said, man, uh, Joseph, uh, we've known each other for for quite a long time. Uh, but J- Joseph, tell tell me and tell the people about your walk. Like, what has your walk been? You know, would you or do you consider yourself a Christian? Like I said, at some point. Clearly, you did. Uh, as I said, we grew up in a, in a childhood church together. Uh, but yeah, just tell us uh, about your walk, and you know, what does it look like from the time you you first got saved, if you remember that day that you got saved, you know, and accepted Jesus Christ, up until now. Like, you know, tell that story from the first time and day you accepted Jesus Christ, what age and day that was, and just give us to where you are, bring us up to speed where you are right now, just stands like with Christ and, and Christianity. Okay. Um. Well, like you said, I, I always went to Catholic school, and I was always in church since I was a kid. Um, So it was, like, kind of forced on me. I feel like at that time it was kind of forced on me, and, like, I didn't really question a lot of things. I didn't really think too deep into it. Um, You know, with school, it was just kind of mandatory. Then with church, I kind of there was just there to hang out and, you know, see people, see the girls or whatever, like. Um, and then I went to college and you know how it is. You just, you know, you live your own life. You learn new things. Um, you get, um, what you could call, I guess, enlightened or woke, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, you, I start, I think that, you know, not with everybody, but I think that with that, your, uh, your relationship with God and with religion can get kind of strained. And, like, when you're not going to church, so I'm not reading the Bible, I'm not really hearing anything church-related. So, you know, that's not really where my mind is, and I'm just kind of living life. And um, I, I was, I, I've watched, I watch a lot of ancient aliens. 
So that kind of, you know, that's not, they tell you like that's just their opinion. So it's not meant to be, it don't have to be taken as 100% or saying I believe that, but that just, you know, when it comes to that and like religion. So I'm like, I, 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 I don't know. But I, I, I don't know uh, what Ancient Aliens is. Ex- explain that to me. Uh, uh, it's just a TV show about, um, I guess they're ancient astronaut theorists and they just um, point to like, quote unquote proof of extraterrestrial contact or whatever you want to call it mm. um, in different mm. contexts. Um, and religion is one of them, just like certain things they say in the Bible. And, you know, it's not to like say God is an alien like E.T. or like the, the lizard that you see in a movie or something, but it's just like thinking, you know, outside of just our realm here on Earth, you know, could could God... Or these angels, whatever they talk about in the Bible, be beings from somewhere else, like physical beings. Whatever they happen to look like, whatever they, whatever it is, they're like physical beings and they're messengers from God, whoever God is, God being a physical being somewhere. Um, so they kind of get into that and they just describe different stuff from the Bible and just try to compare it to, you know, alien stuff. But, and I think alien you know, confuses a lot of people because, like I said, you just, you get a picture in your mind like E.T. or something you see in a movie. So it's like, nah, that's crazy, but I don't think it's meant to be depicted that way. But um, just what about me as far as that? I'm just, like, now I think I'm just in a different space. I think I'm in, like, a, what you could call kind of walk with God, just trying to, um, you know, open my mind and just be more spiritual and just, you know, walk by faith. I got a tattoo that say walk by faith, not by sight. And I don't think I was doing that for a long time. And my life is like turned around, honestly, man. Like I've been through a lot in serving those um, over the last couple of years. Like, you know, I've come from a dark place. I've had, you know, been through the storm, I feel like. And, um, and just doing so much better now. Um, it's on me, but I know it's not just on me. Like, I, I've, you know, showed strength that I never knew I had. Um, you know, I've done things I never thought I'd be able to do. Like, my mind's telling me I can't do it as I'm doing it. You know, just in a place I didn't see myself being, mm-hmm. you know, a year ago or two years ago, three years ago. And I just think my future is bright right now. And I think, you know, I owe that up to somebody else or something else besides just me. Mm. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I want to get more into like the Bible and all that. So yeah, uh, so I, I first want to start with with this ancient aliens, uh, if you don't mind, um, and, and 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 something that you alluded to, in which I think, uh, yeah, uh, you alluded to God possibly being a, an alien. And from what the, the definition of alien, uh, from, from what I have is, you know, relating to or denoting uh, being supposedly from another place. Mm-hmm. Which God has said that. That's, think, that's important. Uh, you know, that he is. I mean, God is clearly, is in heaven. I mean, clearly he is in another realm, another place, the heavenly realm. Uh, so, I, so I, you know, um, I think what, what, what kind of, 
what, what kind of science loses it is trying to, to quantify it, God, or trying to quantify, you know, what these beings look like. Whereas, you know, Martin Lloyd-Jones, I was just listening to one of his sermons about the unbeliever, and he says, the, believer tries to under, the unbeliever tries to understand God and understand these things, understand what these beings look like, you know, what does God's look like? Like, what does he look like? And, you know, where we is like, you know, I don't care what God looks like, you know, I don't care what angels look like, you know, I don't care, you know, what form they come in, all I, all I know is God is, and, you know, when other, and even if you look in the Bible, when, you know, when God tells Moses, when Moses says, well, who do I tell the people, uh, you know, who sent me, like, who, you know, all right, you told, you said the God of Jacob and their fathers, but who, who are you, like, I need to tell the people something, like, I gotta, I gotta tell these people something, you know, and he's, and he says, you know, I am, or I will be all that I will be, you know, like, no, there is, there are no human words or no area of human thought that can quantify me. There is nothing that human beings have thought of in regards to science fiction that can quantify what I am, mm -hmm. you know, like, so our attempts to try to quantify God to science fiction is, 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 is just, is just felty. Like we, we, as Christians, there are things that, that I don't understand. Like I can't tell you what God looks like, you know, uh, for all intents and purposes, although we have drawings and we have ideas, I can't tell you what Jesus Christ looked like, you know, but I, like you said, your tattoo says, I walk by faith. You know, I, I believe you know, that, that Jesus Christ lived, and there's proof that Jesus Christ lived, and, you know, there is proof that, I, I believe there's tangible proof and evidence that there is a God, but us trying to quantify all that he is, how can you quantify somebody who created all that we see with words that he spoke out of his mouth? Like, you can't quantify somebody like that. I, I agree 100%, and I think it's important, but that's also one of the hard things is just believing, just having hmm. faith. Yeah. Without, like, it's not, I don't think it's just science for, I think it's just the world we live in, society we live in, like, whether you want to call it gaining more knowledge or more understanding in general, just to be smarter or just being newsy or just being interested, like, you, naturally, you want to understand things before, because it's one of the few, I'm not going to say only, but it's one of the few examples where it's not something I can see, touch, taste, or hear, or whatever the five sentences smell, yeah. <laughs> You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. I think besides like air, but I can feel that. I can smell something in the air. So, you know, or oxygen, maybe yeah. that's something I can't see. Yeah. But you know what I mean? And I it's think funny, that's the air example is what you use because that's also what the Bible uses when it talks about the Holy Spirit. Like mm -hmm. you can't feel it. You can't see it. You know, nobody knows where it comes from or where it's going, but you feel but it. You feel it. Right. And, you know, like I personally have I felt you know, the God in the room with me. I felt, you know, in my darkest times of those places that you, I felt somebody there with mm -hmm. me, you know, looking back where, you know, and, and, and I don't want to tell too much of your story, but I know there was a time when there were bullets whizzing past you and possibly went into a, a, a headrest where your head was, but didn't harm you, right. you mm -hmm. know, like, you, you know, only I know that story, but you know, uh, I, I now, believe now everybody, yeah, now, now everybody knows the story. <laughs> Um, you know, but, but thinking about that and, and looking back on that, you know, like, man, do you think that was by chance? Nah, it can't be. No, uh, no way. So, yeah, I think stuff like that. But, but like I was saying about it's not just science fault. It's not just the world's fault. I also think some of it is like, quote, unquote, organized religions fault um, because 
you know, just like I said, I went to Catholic school. So what you get from that is like God is a big white guy in the sky with a big mm. beard and the angels yeah. are white and Jesus blonde hair, blue eyes. Not just even about color, but you get like imagery for everything. But it's not always accurate. So then when you get older and you and you learn new things and see new things and you start questioning that kind of stuff, it can cause you to question the whole structure you know what I mean? Yeah. You question everything. So I'm like, I question this. It's not real. So what else isn't real? And uh, I think it's important to have people like you as, you know, preachers or people that are telling the word because, you know, us being friends, I get the luxury of like, he break this stuff down for me. Like, like we friends, like we bros, when we in the car, when we taking a ride, whatever we doing. He breaks it down to everyday relatable stuff, stuff that he knows I understand and knows that people like me would understand. And it just helps us so much. Like he has an open mind about it, but also he's like matter of effect with it. Like, you know what I mean? This that's what it is, but I hear what you're saying. I can help you understand a better way. Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And I and something that you pointed to is I want uh, anybody who was African American out here to, to listen to this fundamental point in fact that we all as African Americans, uh, black people all over the world need to realize that Christianity is not a white man's religion. I, 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 let me say again, Christianity is not a white man's religion. If you read the Bible you know, for a millisecond, it won't take you. I mean, in Genesis, when, you know, we start talking about the rivers there, it won't take only body a second to go to a map and realize that the places that the Bible are pointing to, a lot of them are in Africa. Uh, if you look at even some of the early church fathers, St. Augustine is from Africa and others Africans, you know, uh, the the church, the Christian church in Ethiopia predates any coloniz any European colonization, and the same with the church in the Congo. There are African churches that predate European colonization by hundreds, if not thousands, of years. So we need to realize and understand. I mean, even in the Bible, you have Philip giving the word of God to the Ethiopian eunuch. And I don't know if anybody has ever Googled an Ethiopian or seen one. They look just like us. You know, so that's very tangible proof. Philip, in the book of Acts, chapter 8, giving and speaking the word of God to this Ethiopian eunuch who takes the word of God back to Ethiopia is tangible proof that the Christianity mm -hmm. has been in Africa since the earliest days of Christianity. The Bible points to that. And even if earlier in the book of Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, when Peter is preaching this sermon, it tells you that there were, why, what made this day of Pentecost and this sermon so powerful was the fact that there were devout Jews from all over the known world. And at that time, much of the known world was Africa. You know, uh, and it tells you, and it goes on in Acts chapter 2 to list those places where these devout Jews came from. And most, and a lot of those places were in Africa. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you this, brothers and sisters, Christianity is not a white man's religion. Uh, it, it, black people, and Africans, black people were believing and worshiping Jesus Christ long before Europeans got there. What happened during slavery was that you had, you had people 
kidnap people. And then generations later, these people, these slaves, the next generation following the ones who were kidnapped could not read. And most of them could not read the English language. So, so here you have this new language that these people are, are given. So they're illiterate to this Bible that they're knowing. But the white, well, let, let me say this, this fundamentally too. The slave masters didn't make the slaves believe. The slaves came here believing in Jesus Christ. The, the, the slave master was just, was just preaching the Bible with something that they were used to. Public proper proclamation of the word has been going on since, since people have been speaking the word. Since there was a written, written word and, and a written Bible, you know, even in the early days in the old, in the New Testament, they're having public proclamation of the scriptures reading reading scripture was also was always something that was supposed to be done in public you know or uh, you know the person who was the the, the, the reader in the tribe would always would have he would have these manuscripts or you know that would be passed down and they would public publicly proc, proc you know uh, uh, read read the word of God out loud so in, in Africa so you have these people who yes and probably the only person who knew how to read in the tribe would be the person would, would be the person who went to the school and had the knowledge of of these readings and he would just continually speak to the people and pub, and make these in public settings. So what happened on slavery was that, and it gave these people, illiterate people who could not read this language, a tainted gospel, something that they already believed was being preached to them in a different way than they had ever heard it. But they already believed. We have to understand that and know that fundamentally Africans came here believing in Jesus Christ. Yes, there were some of them that were Muslim. Yes, there were some of them who, 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 were, who believed in voodoo and, and, and Saturnalia I mean, or, or, you know, whatever the, the spirit thing is. I, I don't want to miss it, this spirit, mess up the spirit religion and assault anybody uh, who, who believes in that. But there, uh, uh, Sanctoria, uh, you know, yes, there were people and Africans who believed in that, but there were Africans who came here already to the Americas, to these islands, as Christians, we, we have to believe that and we have to know that that is a fact, African-American black people. I want us to understand this is not a white man's religion. This is your religion. <laughs> this is this is African religion. Christianity is an African religion. The early church fathers are African. Understand that. Believe that. It's a fact. Google it. Y'all like Google. Uh, it's, it, you can find it on any uh, platform, Yahoo, uh, you know. Bing. Bing. Uh, what was another one we used to do? Ask, where you, ask. Oh, ask, ask. Yeah, ask. Ask.com. Ask.com. Uh, ask. Ask. Any one ask of those. Jeeves. Ask Jeeves. Yeah, any one of those. You can Google <laughs> this information, and, and it's a fact. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and that's also something, uh, you know, that I, that I think needs to be pointed out. Besides, you know, uh, Christianity, you know, you know, being in Africa long before European colonization, we also need to understand that the majority of the world's Christians are in Africa currently. <clears throat> you know, like, so Christianity is an African religion. In fact, by 2025, I think officially, uh, the Christ, uh, Africa will have, like, I think uh, over a billion Christians. Uh, you know, and that's, like, Christianity is African, <laughs> It's an African thing at today. Uh, you know, you know what helped heal uh, 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 Rwandan civil war and how and how these tribes were able to mend the gospel. That's a fact. It's a fact. The gospel. 
the Hutu and the Tutsi tribe, families, you know, uh, tribes who, who, who were at peace before European colonization. Europeans came in and, 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 you know, started picking tribes and turning the tribes against each other. They have a civil war, and the gospel helped, helped glue this place back together. That's what the gospel does. But during slavery, we have this tainted gospel, which is why I think, you know, so many African Americans today associate Christianity as a white man's religion. But it, but it is not, and that's something like you know that that the white church, uh, white evangelicals need to stop believing, uh, and, and African Americans and, and black Christians need to stop believing as well. Christianity is not a white man's religion. It upsets me uh, as a person who went to Christian school. I I have heard. Uh, and, and maybe you have as well, Joseph, like, you know, yes, slavery was bad, but the slaves got Christianity out of it. And that's not true. That's a way for white evangelicals to, to, to soften the blow of slavery. There is no softening the blow of stealing people from another country and enslaving them for hundreds of years and then enacting laws that make them unequal. There is, no, there is no softening the blow of that. There is no softening the blow of the Constitution, you know, telling that, telling that African Americans, black people, are less than a man just because of the color of their skin. There is no softening the blow of that. There is no softening the, the blow of that. That's just what it is. Uh, you know, um, white evangelicals have stood by and allowed these things to happen. In America, that's just what it is. There is no softening the blow of that. You know, which is, this is why Martin Luther King wrote, you know, letters from Birmingham jail. He wrote it to the white moderate, white evangelicals who were telling him to relax. Take a step back. Freedom will come soon. You guys, if we march for another hundred years, it will come soon. He wrote that letter from Birmingham jail to white evangelical pastors who were writing him letters telling him, to relax. So, you know, there is no softening the blow that white evangelicals, the church, the Western church, has played in systematic racial injustice. I mean, that's, that's just a fact. Mm -hmm. Billy Graham uh, su supported, you know, um, uh, this is a fact, uh, you know, white supremacists, white supremacists who were running for office. It's a fact. You know, I, I mean, and Billy Graham is, a, is one of the, you know, uh, uh, what we would like to call a great preacher and, and teacher of gospel-wise, you know? Saved hundreds and thousands of souls. You know, but this is a fact. There is no softening the blow of that. White evangelicals must repent for the role that they have played in systematic racism and injustice to African Americans and people of color all over the world. There is no softening the blow. This is something they must repent of. Religious confusion, causing religious confusion by preaching them a tainted gospel that kept them oppressed and enslaved must is something that white evangelicals must repent of. The same way that white evangelicals in Rwanda repented to the Hutu and Tutsi tribe for calling the civil war and calling the mass genocide that happened in Rwanda. The same must happen in America. The same must happen in Australia and most countries where black people have been oppressed by white evangelicals. This is a fact. They must repent of this to God and to us. 
There is no softening the blow. This is why, you know, we have, you know, generations of African Americans inept going to battle with Christianity only on the basis that it is a white man's religion. This is what enables sects like, you know, uh, like, you know, the Nation of Islam and black Hebrew Israelites to come in and just say, stop. All they come in with, the first thing they come in with is Christianity is a white man's religion. Stop worshiping this white God. That, that's it. That's all they have to offer. It's not, they don't have to offer any truth except for that, you know, that this, is, this, this isn't it because it's a white man. God is not white. In fact, no one has seen God except Jesus Christ, and he points to that in the Bible. No one has seen him except for the one that came from him. And even if you look in the Old Testament, the angels worship from a distance because his glory. They can't even get close to him. No one has seen God. God is not white. Uh, sorry, I, I feel like I went a bit long there. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to get that out because I, I think that's something that black people need to realize and accept that it is truth. Christianity is not a white man's religion. There's countless, countless proof and evidence. Even in the Bible, God's holy word itself, it points to Christianity being in Africa as long as there has been Christianity. But go ahead, Joseph. I, I'm, I'm sorry if I, uh, if, I, if I cut you off. Do you have a, a response to that? Or, or, or? <laughs> I apologize. Uh, that was a lot, but um, not, I mean, you're right. You were just telling me this stuff, I mean, and you have facts to support it. Um, yeah, I think that is a that is a big problem. You know, that's that steers a lot of black people away. And um you know, it's it's just hard. I think it's a lot of stuff that steers young black people away from the church, man. And and some stuff you can't control, some stuff you can't. But well, think, what are those things? Uh, you know, like well, what, I mean, people besides what besides it being a white man religion, what are other things today that you as a as a young millennial who's currently not attending church regularly, what besides the white man's religion thing, which we just had a kind of discussion about, like what are some of the other things that well, they I keep think, from going to church? I think the church plays a, a has to play a role in changing the thought that it's a white man's religion because I feel like they kind they they kind of play into it. Especially with, like I'm saying, I'm going to Catholic school and all the statues of white people, every picture, every book, every everything you see, they're literally white people, blonde hair, blue eyes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're not against it, you're you're you're, you're kind of with it. I feel like, so I feel like they just been pushing that, not pushing it, but not, you know, being explicitly against it. So I think they have to play a role in mending that relationship. Okay, but you live in an uh, African-American urban setting. Why do you not go to a black church in your neighborhood? Well, I don't, I don't go to the white church either first. I just wanted to say that. I just went to Catholic school. Okay. So other than that, I wasn't into it. And, um, well, I don't know. I just, I've only been, like, in this space for a couple months. And, you know, churches has literally been closed for the last couple months. And just... I don't know, maybe it's just I need a new pastor or not taking no shots or nothing, but like well, I don't that's know, just that's okay. I think that where were you attending before then? I mean the in Christian it, Church of Chester. Okay. Formerly known as White Rock. And and but I, mean, I don't have no problems with nobody there. I like it, but it's just I don't know. I just it doesn't well, entertain. We, I don't know if church is supposed to be entertaining, but it just doesn't really do it for me when I go. So and, and, that, and that's okay. Maybe I, mean, I just need a new place. And, and that's okay. And, that, and that's not just, you know, every every church isn't 
for everybody. I mean, that, that's a fact. I mean, there. That's why there are, you know, in our neighborhood, there are 200 churches because, you know, there's 200 of them that, that you can go to, uh, you know, and, um, uh, you Just know. too many, by the way. <laughs> that is. Way too many. That is. Uh, that's a whole and nother. And I think churches need to be more active in the community. I guess this is kind of off topic, but it's ridiculous. How can it be 200 churches and, like, I don't really see what these churches are doing in the community or for the community? No, that that's not a different discussion. I uh, think it's just like a like a money grab or it's just like trying to just exploit people. I don't know what it is, but it's just there's no reason for a city with 35,000 people that's like 5 miles less than 5 miles long should have 4.2 square miles. 200 churches even if it's 150. Like that's that's crazy. So and what are they doing? I don't see them. I don't even know where they got 200 churches. I know where a lot of churches are, but not realistically, not 200. And he's right, though. It is like 200 of them. But uh, it's just like every corner, everywhere. So why? What are you doing? I, um, man, and that's, you have not been the only guest who, who has alluded to, in our neighborhoods, the African-American poverty context, that there are a bunch of churches who claim to believe and preach and teach the gospel, uh, but are missing uh, a, a intricate part in that, and that is, you know, caring for the community. The church, if you look at that first church in Acts chapter 2, they are tangibly caring for the community. Uh, they're giving to all has, has who has need. No one thought of his personal property as his own in fact he thought of it you know as, as everybody's you know give to all who have need this isn't mine this is for everybody and if everybody does that I mean, nobody has need because if nobody had a need because everything was circulating and they were caring for each other tangibly so the church was always supposed to care for the community jesus said i came to free the you know the free the captives to preach to the poor you know like you know we were always supposed to care for our communities and it, it and i don't want to say all black churches. I want to be careful not to say that, but a, a good number of them are not, uh, you know, hand, taking part in, 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 in changing their community. There is no reason that we have places like, you know, Baltimore, Maryland, you know, uh, Washington, D.C., Chester, Pennsylvania, Flint, Michigan, uh, uh, you know, uh, other parts of Cali, you know, uh, uh, Kensington and Philadelphia. There is no reason that we have these areas when there are, 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 are preachers and teachers and, and, and influential and wealthy Christians, there are no reasons for that when, when, when we know that we are also part of the gospel is loving each other uh, tangibly, uh, unconditionally, unconditionally, and uh, we're missing that bar. And that's something that we all need to repent to each other and to God about as the church for not caring for our communities. Uh, that's a fact. That's something that we must, as African-American churches, in our neighborhoods, we must take care of our neighborhoods. Our, our people need, you know, uh, a food assistance. We have to, we got to go get food. If our kids, if the school isn't doing a good job educating the kids, we got to go find them tutors. We have to, you know, if our people are, are struggling for poverty and, and need housing, well, let's, 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 let's give them housing. Let's give them free housing. And not just them, though. I think, like, the Catholic Church <clears throat> as well even though there aren't really as many Catholic church in, like, urban cities, and I think there's a reason for that. 
but I think that this like that's like a billion dollar trillion dollar business literally like not to say God is a business but in their case it's like a business so what are they doing for the people not just my community just around the world like I don't know I don't really know how that works, and maybe that's something else. But I, I just want to throw that in there. Man, I, I uh, whew, man, I, I wish we we had the answers to those questions. I agree, there are too many Christians in the world uh, uh, for 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 people to to be poor. Man, I mm-hmm. I, uh, I agree that there are too many people in the world in general for people to be poor. There are people who have billions and trillions of dollars who will never run out of money. Their generations will never, ever run out of money uh, who have money. And there are still people, millions of people in extreme poverty uh, who can be fed. And it's been proven they can be fed on a dollar a day. We've all seen the commercials. Uh, man, I uh, that's something to think about, man. I, I think... We as a people need to start thinking about, man, what are the tangible ways that we can show unconditional love to our brother and to our sister? Why is it, why does not, why is it that every human being does not have food and shelter and clothing? Something to think about. I think it could be tangibly done. I mean, I think there's a bunch of, of scientific proof and financial proof that it could be done. Something we got to think about, man, as a world, as a people, as the Christian church, as Christians. Why are there so many people suffering in the world when we can do something about it? Hmm. It's a really, really good, good question, man. And I, and I had to sit there. I don't really have a, I don't really, I don't really know, man. I've, uh, these are the questions that I wrestle with myself. Why is it? Why is it? Something to think about. Uh, I, I don't want to speculate, but man, it, it seems like there are just people who are insisted upon things being the way they are. Mm-hmm. Are you looking? So, where do you find yourself now? You said you're looking to get back into the Bible, and I want to get back on topic. And I apologize. I know this episode we've gotten a little bit off topic, and we and we've uh, we went to some different things. We got uh, some good information though um, out there, no doubt. I, I hope so. Um, you know. Um, so Joseph, are you looking uh, for a church currently? Yeah, you can say okay. I am. If you, you are a young African American uh, in the Philadelphia area, and you are at a good Bible preaching teaching church, email us at the CWAS podcast with with churches for Joseph to go to in the Philadelphia area. If you know of any, and you are listening, and you listen to this episode, please. Email us with, with, with some good Bible preaching, teaching churches. Your church, if it's a good Bible preaching, teaching church that Joseph can go to. But, man, thank you guys for listening. Uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sorry we got we to gotta wrap it up, man. This conversation with Joe uh, was good, man. And, uh, and I hope you guys were able to just, to just get some, some information and, uh, about, you know. Man, I hope it was helpful is what I mean to say. Let me just, you know, I hope it was helpful in some type of way man and uh i want everyone to out there to know and i I may say it every episode at the end man that the gospel is not hard to understand christianity is not a white man's religion jesus came for us all he came for you just you man just you yes the gospel is for everybody but it's also personal jesus when he was up there on that cross man it was you that he was thinking about 
He died for you, man, so you could have the freedom uh, and not have to feel that, that sin and shame of sin. So you could, like Joseph was talking about, let go of that dark past and move on to something new. Jesus is the only way to do it, man. Give it to him, that hurt and pain and, and sin and shame or depression or whatever you may be going through. Give it to him, man. He wants it. He wants it all. He wants it all, man. He died for that reason. Give it to him, man. And it's just that simple. It's just that simple as saying, Jesus, I have sinned. Forgive me of my sins. And I take you to be my Savior. I believe that you are my Savior and that you died for my sins and rose from the dead and, and sit on the right hand of the Father, making intercession for me each and every day. Believe that you are the Son of God. It's just that simple. Confess with thy mouth, believe in thy heart, and thou shalt be saved. You are saved. If you have just said that prayer or anything like it, uh, you know, that, that, that confesses that sin and accepts and, and, and gives Jesus and lets Jesus know that you believe, you believe in him, and you believe that he has forgiven your sins, and you are forgiven. Let it go. Take that exhale. It's over. You don't have to, whatever it was that was holding you back yesterday, it's gone. He's taking it away. Don't even associate yourself with it. Don't let it hold you back. Jesus has forgiven you, so why haven't you forgiven you? I love you all, man, and I, and I hope this episode has been helpful, and I hope to, that you guys uh, listen again. Uh, uh, keep listening. And like I said, man, sus uh, subscribe, share, uh, you know, hit that button to subscribe so we can get more people listening. Spread the word, man. If you love this podcast and you like it and you find it helpful and you think it will be helpful to somebody else, spread the word, man. Uh, and thank you, thank you, thank you. Once again, man, this has been the Convo with the Servant Podcast, man. Love you, and I appreciate you guys, and, uh, and hope to hear from you guys. And, man, continue listening with us. Thank you so much.